0: This is our last uh, message on the soul. We've been just in a a, a three-week series on how is your soul. And next week we'll start a series on the proverbial life. And we'll talk about different things. We'll talk about wisdom. We'll talk about guidance. We'll talk about parenting. We'll talk about finances. We'll do an array of things. As you know, Proverbs just kind of gives us a whole lot of stuff and information about life. So we'll walk through the array of all of that. Uh, in five weeks you can't cover proverbs in five weeks but we can hit some of the major themes in five weeks and so i'm looking forward to that but i want to close we're going to close out this series with dealing with one of the topics that i think is probably the most important for us on our soul the first message as you remember was talking about an anchor for our soul and that we we all can go through some insecurity and instability Uh, especially before christ there's a real unsettling in our life and that the only way that that can be resolved is to have an anchor for our soul we need someone that is greater than the turmoil and the scripture tells us that christ is the anchor of our soul jesus is the anchor that gives us that safety that gives us that security that gives us that assurance and then last sunday we talked about love and that a soul is loved. Uh, we are loved. We're designed to be loved by the almighty God. He wants to love us. God is a God who does not have to be. He's not, one, he's not like us. God can be complete in and of himself. He's the all-sufficient one. He's the El Shaddai. He's the Ani Hu. He's a he's God that's sufficient in and of himself. But he is also a God who wants to express who he is, and that's through love. So therefore, God has chosen to love us. And the scripture says, we didn't love him first, he loved us first. And because God does love us and pours his love out in us, then now we can love others. And it's an important aspect of the soul. The soul is designed to love, the soul is designed to be loved. This last message is actually about home, that there actually is a home for the soul, there's a there's a place that the soul will only find rest and only find peace entirely and eternally when we get to that to that place. There's that place that God has prepared for us, and so we're going to talk about home. Many of you, many of you know that uh, I oftentimes I travel a lot, and but one of the things for me that is always uh, exciting about about tr- leaving one of the most exciting things about me leaving is is coming home you can bring that let's 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 just do a little bit of shifting here we'll move this over a little bit one of the one of the most exciting things for me about about coming home i mean about leaving is getting home i I love my home i love being in my home i'm 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 always excited to to be in my home Someone done a gracious thing for me while I was on, on these trips recently. Um, they, put a, they put a new mat in front of my house and it just says home. It doesn't say welcome. Not that I don't welcome anybody. But it just says home. And most of the time, honestly, I go through my garage door. So the, the mat had been there for longer than I knew, until one day I couldn't get in through my washroom door, so I had to go around to the front door. When I got there, there was a mat there I hadn't seen before, and it said "home." And I'm like, "Thank you, thank you, <laughs> whoever did that, thank you." And and I'm glad to be home. But but there but there's but there's some there's some wonderful benefits to being in in my house, uh, and I love this. Judah does it better than I would, but because i live there by myself and that's probably going to change soon but i live there by myself everywhere i go in my house is a drop space when i get in my house i can drop my stuff wherever i want nobody can't tell me it don't go there i hope that don't change nobody nobody can tell me that you got to put it away nobody can tell you no you can't leave that there everywhere i go is a drop space so when I come in from the gym, I can just drop my bag. When I come in from the church, I can just drop my, my attache and, and do whatever I want. And I'm going to tell you, you know, not only that, not only can I drop stuff wherever I want, and this is these are clean clothes, by the way, but w- w- after I wash my clothes, I don't have to put my clothes away. I can just put them wherever I want because it's my house and there's nobody to say won't you fold those up won't you put those away? i can put them wherever wherever i want let me tell you what i do every sunday after church every sunday when i come home i get into my house i've already either recorded something either it's a football game that came on while we in church or it's a nascar race or something and I, I, do, I do like my house neat and clean. So whenever I leave the house, usually, no matter what I've done for, for the last day or two, if I know that there's a possibility somebody going to come, I make sure it's neat. But I have a chair that, I sit, that sits in a certain spot where it belongs. But when I come home on Sunday, the first thing I do is go and move that chair away from it is and set it at an angle so that it's facing right toward... The TV the way I want it, and there's no blockage of the remote. You know, from where it sits on this angle, the remote, but I I move it. And then I I I move my table because I always get me an iced drink on the way home, whether it be a caramel macchiato or a sweet cream cold brew. Vanilla sweet cream cold brew, that's what I like, just to let you know. Vanilla sweet cream cold brew. And I, I set my drink right there, and when I come home, I take my clothes off, I just start undressing. I just, well I won't go this far but my whole house can be a naked room so I take my clothes off I take my shoes off and I just get my drink and and I'm sitting in my house and so here's the deal if I decide to go to sleep in my chair I can if I want to if I watch the show the the deal I can I can lay down any way I want It's my house. You know why? Because there's no place like home. See, y'all thought that Dorothy came up with that no place like home deal. No, Dorothy didn't start that. Tyrone Jones did that. There's no place like home. And here's the thing about it. I am the most relaxed and at peace when I'm home. Now, that's physical. I, 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 like every, I like the smell of my house. I like the, the way it's set up. I like everything about it. That's physically. That's geographically. But you know it's the same thing for our soul? Our soul is designed to be at a place that it wants to be, that it loves to be that it's made to be our soul is designed for that the scripture tells us that god is genesis chapter 2 verse 7 that god uh, created us of course he created us from the dust of the earth so so adam is laying there physically but there's no life to adam according to genesis chapter 2 there's no life but then the scripture says god breathes into him and he becomes a living soul What gave Adam life came from God. And it's all about God. And it's what gives us that innate understanding that there is a God. And I won't deal with the whole atheist issue, but it gives us that understanding that there is a God. The inner us, our will, our mind and emotions are now activated because God breathes in us. So we have God-given life. We belong to God. And we want to be home with God. There's a place, uh, the next time I go to Seattle, I want to view this because I don't know why I keep telling you what my favorite stuff is, but I'll tell you this, my favorite thing to eat is salmon. Salmon and asparagus. I like a little carrot just to give a color on the side. But but, but I want to, there's a place called Ballard Locks. And it's a place there where the salmon come back to, to go, as most of you know, salmon are born in fresh water. In and streams and, and uh, fresh water but they live in salt water but that's not where they end their life you see they go back home to spawn and reproduce to be- bring the next generation so at Ballard Locks you can see them going from through the, through the locks you can see them going from salt water into fresh water where they work their way through because they're getting toward the end of the season of their life. And you can see them working through the currents to get back. They're so determined to get home that they leave that environment that they were living in for so long to get back to the place where they know they were destined to be. They cut through all of the currents to get there, working against what we call upstream to get to that place. And here is the thing. They know that once they give birth or spawn, it won't be long and they're going to die. They know that. But they're so willing to get home that the death is not the issue. Catch that. The death is not the issue. It's being home. It's being home. And and so these salmon do this and you can see them during the summer months all the way into September and October. You can see them doing this. We've heard stories about dogs. I read two this week. One was away from its house four years. Another eight years. Found its way by, back home. Not cats. Cat, cats. Cats don't love you. They want to use you. But dogs love you. Dogs love you. And, and they want to get back. Can't find no cat stories like that. Just dog stories. Because they, they want to get back home four years. Eight years. All the abuse and challenges they went through. But they want to get back home. And that's us. We're designed to get home. God has put it in us to be with him. And that's actually the point of this message. The big idea, you were given life by God to find life in God that leads to home with God for eternity. And here's the passage, and this is out of the message, Acts 17, 26 through 28. It says, starting from scratch, he made the entire human race and made the earth hospitable with plenty of time and space for living. So get this, so we could seek after God and not just grope around in the dark, but actually find him. Listen, he doesn't play hide and seek with us. He's not remote. He's near. We live and move in him. Can't get away from him. One of your poets said it well, we're the God created here's the point here's the, here's the starting point we have to understand our identity and our identity is with the DNA the stuff of God in us living souls that's always drawn us to him it's God, God's intent from the very beginning that we would know him he gave us space he gave us opportunity he gave us ability to know him from the very beginning of creation but Isaiah 56 tells us that all of us have went astray We've strayed away from God, strayed away from the intent of creation, strayed away from God's desire for our life. We get twisted in the world. Once we stray away from the intent of God, we get twisted. We fall into sin. We get caught up into the world's foolishness and we become lost. You've heard the saying, he's a lost soul. He's a wandering soul. That can be said of all of us. All of us can be said of lost souls and wandering souls. And the truth of it is, honestly, it's not our fault. Totally and entirely. Because what was passed on to us from Adam and Eve, that, that sinful nature now has invaded our life. And so that stuff now is part of our DNA. And so we become wandering and we become lost. But here's where people fail. They get comfortable that way. They get comfortable in lostness. They get comfortable in wandering. Not so much that they like it, but they don't have the ability to work against it. And so out of resistance of not being able to overcome it, they just settle with it. Settle with being lost. Settle with being wandering. And, and that depravity enables us to do all, carry out all kind of sin. We become people of bad choices and bad habits and hang-ups. It's a lost cause. And we become lost souls. But the scripture's real clear about this because there's two words in the Bible that I'm telling you are some of the most powerful two words in the Bible when it talks about our sinfulness. And one time it shows up is in Ephesians chapter 2 because the first three verses of Ephesians chapter 2 talks about us being naughty by nature and sinful and that we're going to do sin because of the nature of us. But then there's those two words that catches in verse number 4. It says, but God turn to your neighbor and say but God because listen to what it says even with all of that bad stuff and wandering soul and lost souls it says but God is so rich in mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead it is only by God's grace that you have been saved can you say amen it's that but God and so when the, when the soul gets lost, it's not in a state of even trying to find its way home. It doesn't have the ability. It just is uncomfortable. It knows that this is not how I'm supposed to be, but I can't do anything about it. So the soul is trying to find a way to get home. I thought about this a story when we first moved to, uh, to on Topeka Place, uh, and uh, the children was helping us moved I think I don't know if Tyrone was actually living in Yuma at the time but he came down to help us and so he was only there one day and and had a, he thought he had he thought he knew where the house was so he went and got some stuff came back on Topeka place he knew the house was on the corner so he goes to a corner the next corner down he has the key and he's trying to get into the house it ain't working he's looking in the window how come the key ain't working how can they open the door? And so he goes back to working, and finally this dude opens the door, and, and his wife beat her shirt, <laughs> standing up there, mama behind him, grandma behind him, holding brooms. What's up, man? What's up? Well, Tyrone realizes he at the wrong house. Well, what's, it, what's interesting is the next day we're working in the garage, and the, the neighbor who we had just met across the street. She comes over and she says, I got to give y'all this flyer. She said, yesterday, there was somebody going around the neighborhood trying to get in houses that wasn't his. And gave us the flyer. We sitting there thinking. <laughs> but he tried to find his way home. He tried to find his way home. And we go through those processes. And unfortunately, we end up, we could end up in uh, sexual promiscuity or, or some kind of addiction or just get over caught up in emotional challenges and angers and etc because the soul wants rest the soul wants to be at peace the soul really does want to live happily ever after and since we cannot find home in the condition that we're in god has to reset our compass he has to reset us you see we'll never find home in the condition that we're in because sin has invaded There's depravity now that's working. And even though the soul is unrest, knowing that this is not the way life should be, but cannot overcome that, God has to reset us. He has to step in by the Spirit, and that's what we call being born again. You see, because we've been born in the flesh, and it's because of being born in the flesh that we got the stuff in us that can cause our souls to be unrest. But born again means this, born from above. So there's a reset of our compass, this internal compass, our soul, and that comes directly from the almighty God. Listen to this. John 3, 3 through 7 says this. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean? exclaimed Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and of spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say to you, you must be born again. Tell your neighbor, you must be born again. You got to be born from above. You got to have your compass reset. And even from there, even once we're born again, it's still a journey. It's still a journey getting home. We're we're still working toward it. It's a a process. It's a route that God takes us through because we still got to live life. But because we know what God has done and we see the greatness and the benefit of what God has done in our life and our spirit and our heart and our mind, we want to follow the path of God before we didn't have the ability to do it because of what was in us the, 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 the sin and the rebellion and the waywardness and the lostness but now that God has reset us now that we've been born again there's a desire of our soul to follow the path of God we don't want to take any shortcuts we want to live for God we want to walk in faith we want to live in obedience we simply want to now live out this new life Colossians 3 says this since you've been raised to new life with Christ Set your sights on the realities of heaven where God sits in the place of honor at God's right hand, where Christ sits at the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not on the things on earth. It's a total mind change. We're not caught up in the worldliness anymore, in the affairs of this world. Our mind has been changed, heart has been changed. Now we're thinking about the things of heaven, the things that are above. Why? For Christ. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. It's a great thing, because here's the good news about that. Even with what God has done in us, we still need His help. Absolutely need His help. And the fact of the matter is, this is a journey that's sponsored by God. I love this. Listen to e- Ecclesiastes. I don't think this will be on the screen, but it, the scripture says in Ecclesiastes 3.11 that God has made everything beautiful in its time. But then it goes on to say this, he has planted eternity in our hearts. God has planted eternity in our hearts. He's made everything beautiful in his time and he's planted eternity in our hearts. But then it goes on to say, but people cannot see the total scope of God's work from beginning to end. Notice what Ecclesiastes is saying that God has placed eternity in our heart. And we know now that's where we're headed because our souls have been saved, we've been go- born again. But we don't we can't see the whole work We can't see the whole process. First of all, even the work of the Spirit is unseen. Uh, John chapter 3 tells us that the wind blows where it goes and you don't know where it's going or where it's coming from, but so is the work of the Spirit. He does that work. And you think about it for a moment. The reason we give the testimonies we do is because we're astonished how God changes our life. How in the world do I go from somebody shoving a needle up my arm to all of a sudden don't want to touch the stuff any longer? From going from an alcoholic to don't want to even see a beer commercial. How do you go from jumping from bed to bed to determine I want to spend a life with somebody I really love? You can't figure that out. That's because God has done it miraculously. He's completely changed your mind and your heart. I'm telling you, that's a hallelujah moment right there. Y'all ought to be shouting amen right about now I'm gonna give y'all some handkerchiefs so y'all can say go get them go get them." he does the work and so since we can't see the whole scope this is And Tyrone read the passage God made us a promise he said you don't see the whole scope you got eternity in your heart but listen to what he says and I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. He sponsors it and he does it. He does the work through us. He accomplishes what's necessary toward eternity. Philippians tells us in chapter 2 that God is working in us. Listen to this. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Think about that for a moment. There are times in our life when we do things that we do not want to do. We don't have the desire to do it, but we have the ability. And we do those things. But there's, there's, things that, there's times we have the desire to do certain things, but we don't have the ability. God doesn't leave us in either one of those situations. He doesn't leave us in a position where we desire to do His will, but we can't. Nor does He put us in a position where we can do His will, but we don't desire it. This God, when He puts eternity in our heart and gives us new life through the Spirit, He gives us the desire to want to do His will and the ability to pull it off. He gives us both because it's God that's determining to finish the work. That he started and let me let me just tell you a little bit about this and believe it or not i'm almost done with this message i'm almost done but 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 i want to catch you along the way in case you you miss something because i told you about how good home is and i pray everybody's home is that way that you love being there you enjoy being there if if not then let's find out why not because home ought always be a great place to be But I'm going to tell you something. As much as I love my home here, I am so thrilled that I got a home waiting for me in heaven. And and, and, and there's a difference between that home and this home. Because listen to what the scripture says in Revelation 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared. This one we're living on now. And the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. Talking about the church. Talking about us. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. Listen to this. He will live with them. And they will be his people. God himself will be with them. Listen to this. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. Let me tell you why I like this. Because honestly, I could be at home and loving and being home and can be in pain or can be in sorrow or can be crying, or could have a death sentence, or could have a terminal illness. I could be at home loving my house and experiencing that, but not when I get to that home. When I get to that home, man, I'm going to be walking around there with the clothes on that Jesus gave me, feet kicked back, riding on white horses and chariots, no pain, no sorrow, no death, and no disease, because I'm finally, finally home. Can you shout amen? Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close with this. And, and I'm going to admit ahead of time, it's a little cheesy. It's a little cheesy. It's a little funky archaic. But I think you'll get it. One of my favorite movies, if my friend John Vance was here, I know Kathleen is here. If John was here, he would get on me because I preached about this once. And John said, what the heck are you doing? But one of my favorite movies came out in 1982. It was called E.T., how many of y'all remember E.T.? Some of y'all weren't even born in it. I love E.T. I love the movie. I love the concept of the movie. I like what was happening in the movie. I like the little, failure, little fella. And, 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 and for those of you that don't know the story, out in the California forest, these aliens come. They're supposed to be botanists. They're checking out things on Earth. They take off in a huff because some government agency came, saw the UFO land, and they leave... E.T. behind. E.T. didn't have a name then. He got named E.T. He gets left behind. Next thing you know he ends up in the shed at a house there in California. And Elliot, 10 years old, comes home and he sees this little critter in his shed or garage. Somehow or another he lures him into the house with Reese's Pieces. Well I like Reese's Pieces today. He lures him into the house with Reese's Pieces. And they're trying to figure out who he is, what this thing is. Same time, they're, they're just a little odd, and he's wondering also what's happening here. But they're playing. They do all kinds of things. They're all kinds of scenes. They play games. You know, he drinks stuff he shouldn't drink. You know how the, how the movie goes, maybe. But then he sees an, a, a cartoon of, of Buck Rogers where Buck Rogers was in trouble. He was lost, and he made a phone call for somebody to come get him where he was. Well, ET decided call home. ET phone home. <laughs> ET phone home. So he's telling Elliot he wants to phone home because he wants to get he wants to, he wants to call them to come get him. Well, they put this speak and play together and try to make something to to get him to call home, but the whole time his health is declining and he's getting sicker and sicker. And then scientists get involved and they get in because Elliot got sick too and they set up these makeshift medical clinics and tents and do all kinds of things to try to find out what's going on with the alien and get the alien for some life. And then Elliot realizes it's not just him calling home. He needs to get home. He's not going to find new life here on earth calling home. He needs to get home. I don't know why some of y'all missed that, but let me bring it down a notch. You see, because there's a whole lot of folks who are wandering souls, they're lost, they're declining in this life, one way or another, mentally and emotionally, and all kind of stuff going on in their life, and they're declining, and they're degenerating, and they're not going to get any better. And honestly, even them asking you, will you pray for me? Will you pray for me? Even them praying, calling home, it's not going to cut it. They're not going to come alive by just calling home. They got to get home. They got to get home. And and, and the only way that they're going to get home is people like you and I that love them enough to tell them where home is and how they get there and the process of being born again and praying that they find new life in Christ. Are y'all following me? It's not calling home, it's getting them home. One of the things that we're going to start doing again is have intercessors praying, doing the service because we want to see lost souls come to Jesus Christ. They need to get home, not just call. They need to get there. But I'm going to wrap this up with this. There might be some of you here who are a lost, wandering soul. You're not going to find any peace. You're not going to become settled. You're not going to make the right decisions or make the right choices and make this work. You're not designed for that. God didn't design you that way. He breathed in you to make you a living soul. And the only way this thing works is that the living soul that you are finds rest, peace, joy, and salvation in the one who gave you life. It's only in him. Everybody can stand. I know E.T. was a little funky, and Kathleen, don't tell John what I talked about. I know E.T. is a little funky, but y'all get the point, don't you? We got some E.T.s all around us that we need to help get home, but I might be looking at some E.T.s who need to get home. And, it, and it's, it's, God has done everything possible to make this right, to make this available. He's done everything he can. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for you. That removes all the sin, removes the junk. You don't have to keep living in depravity. You don't have to keep living in, in, uh, in uh, sin sickness and, and in addictions and mental and physical and, and, uh, and emotional stuff. You don't have to keep living there. He's made it all possible. The cross has made it possible. He wants to reset your compass. He's given us the spirit of God so we're born again. And now all we got to do, man, is go to our natural home, enjoy every day we can there every day that you can at your natural home because we we can't do a whole lot to change this earth we just we just make it the best we can while we're here but every moment that I'm enjoying my life at my home I'm yearning I'm yearning to go home I want you to want to be there I want you to want to be there because here it is If you got the desire, I assure you, hope will not make you ashamed. Anyone that has a desire and a hope for eternal life, my God will save you. My God will save you. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come. Tyrone's going to come and wrap this up. And I'm going to just, he'll pray with you. Worship team will lead us into a song of worship. We're going to trust God has spoken to you and whatever he calls you to do, you'll do Продолжение